Salam Salam from Boulder. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 10th of February 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Last week, we told you about the progress made on the negotiation table between the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, and the Ethiopian government. But events from this past week suggest that all the talking got them nowhere. The TPLF has started another war and this time against the Afar regional government. Afar authorities said that the TPLF is attacking several of its districts and cities to take hold of a strategic place called Serdo. According to the government, the TPLF is absolutely bent on taking over Serdo because they want control over the Ethiopia-Djibouti Railroad and use it as leverage to negotiate with the central government and get a better deal. The conflict is costing a lot for both sides. More than 300,000 people living in Afar were forced to leave their homes because of the war. This news came a week after Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta on the 3rd of February pleaded with all parties involved with the conflict to stop the war and settle their issues peacefully once and for all. He said that this war was taking away Ethiopia's honorable culture and civilization. He added that the prosperity of Ethiopia and the African continent as a whole depended on sustained peace and stability, and that together a better world can be built. Days later, at the African Union, or AU Summit, the Union's Peace and Security Council Commissioner, Benkole Adieyo, said that the AU will put in all its effort to find a peaceful solution to the crisis in the North. He said that more professionals from all over Africa will be brought to Ethiopia for this purpose. The first of those was Elusijin Obisanja, former Nigerian president and current AU Horn of Africa's special envoy. He touched down in Kambolja in the Amhara region on Monday, the 7th of February. The 35th AU Leaders Summit was held on Saturday, the 5th. Let's give you a recap. First, leaders of almost all countries in the continent, as well as Palestine's Prime Minister Mohammed Shateya and the UN's Deputy Secretary General Amina Mohammed arrived in Addis for the summit, most of them on Friday the 4th. The conference started at about 11 a.m., and the Prime Minister, Abiy Ahmed, kicked off with a welcoming speech. He said that it was about time that the UN had an African nation as a permanent member of the Security Council. He also urged countries to put into effect the Continental Free Trade Agreement and established a continental media house so that Africans can tell their own stories through their own means. The summit continued as Senegal's president, Macky Sall, received the position of chairman of the AU for Democratic Republic of Congo's president, Felix Tshisekedi. In the afternoon, there was a closed meeting in the AU's headquarters, and the leaders discussed on a variety of topics, including terrorism, governance, COVID, among others. Later that day, Abi invited his counterparts to dinner at a Friendship Square, treated them to a water show, talked about tourism, and thanked the participants. The next day, there was another closed meeting on climate change, peace, and stability. Before returning to Addis for the summit, Prime Minister Abi was in the Barina Zone in the Aromia region. The Prime Minister's office issued a statement later that day saying that the visit was to examine in depth the challenges of communities affected by the drought. Around 262,000 farm animals worth around 80 million US dollars have died. On Monday the 7th, after waving goodbye to his African counterparts, Abi talked with another leader, Norway's Prime Minister, Jonas Garstol through the phone about bilateral relations with the Scandinavian nation. Our next update takes us to the east of Ethiopia. There is conflict within the ruling party, the Prosperity Party, in the Somali region. 
The feud started when a former member of the party called Siraj Aden claimed that he wasn't removed from his office through lawful means. He said that a meeting was required before these kinds of decisions were made. He urged the federal division of the Prosperity Party to intervene. The party's regional deputy communications officer, Mohammed Rable, denied Siraj's claim and said that some other officials were fired without holding a meeting. They were dismissed due to incompetence, alleged corruption, and other breaches of duty. The Minister of Education, Dr. Buhenu Nega, presented a six-month report to the People's Representative Human Resources and Technology Affairs Committee. In this report, Dr. Buhenu revealed the damages the war has caused to the education sector. The numbers are shocking. 1,200 schools and three universities were destroyed, and more than 5,000 schools had to close temporarily. In consequence, 3 million students were forced out of school, and 150,000 lost their jobs. If you're a football fan, you must already know that this past Sunday, Senegal won the African Cup of Nations, or AFCON. And if you watched the semi-final of the tournament, you might have noticed the brilliant performance of Ethiopian international referee Bamlak Tesema in the Senegal versus Burkina Faso match. Fans raved about this performance, saying that it was world-class and that he was the best referee in the AFCON. Now he's off to another big match, this time in Morocco to officiate the Africans' Champion League match that sees Moroccan powerhouse Raja Casablanca going head-to-head against South Africa's Amuzulu. Remember that gigantic skyscraper built by the Commercial Bank of Ethiopia we told you about a few weeks ago? The bank says that it will move around 5,000 of its employees scattered in different branches to this huge building. This new head office is going to be inaugurated on Sunday the 13th. The day of the inauguration will also coincide with the bank's 80th anniversary. This Valentine's Day, we wanted to recommend a book, but not just any book. It is one of the best books you can find in Ethiopia's literature. A novel entitled Love Unto Crete, written by literary legend Hadis Alamehu in the late 60s. It is set in the 20th century in rural Ethiopia. It is a wonderful love story between a daughter of a nobleman and a tutor. If you're not into books, we highly recommend a musical adaption of the novel by superstar musician Eddie Afro. Check out the music video. Follow the link in the show notes. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Love means never having ads on these updates. Or never having to say sorry. Whatever. Ours sounds better. Don't let us be another lousy show with ads. Tell your friends about us. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Rorschach.com or follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Rorschach Ethiopia. Ciao.